0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. America, if you haven't
1: yet, meet Caitlin Clark. If last night was your first experience with her, then welcome. She is one of one. And man, a tough call helped the Aztecs down the Blue Jays. Also, I wonder which of Friday's panelists said anything at all about FAU. Oh wait, that would be me, Clinton Yates. We were there, now we
2: out here. Let's go around the horn, kiddos. What is oh, happening? That? That's amazing, it's up on Monday. Monday. Wow, oh, the, I'm the host. host. You give me a Nancy Yates.
1: Hello, kiddos. I'm a hostile witness. Letter of the law or spirit of the rule. It's always a question when it comes to officiating. Sunday in Louisville, the Zebras basically decided the game by calling a somewhat ticky tack foul on San Diego State. Well, it left them with 1.2 seconds left to advance to the final four. People say all the time, it's a foul in the first minute. It's also a foul in the last minute. Uh Izzy, what did you think of that call at that stage of the game?
2: Well, I thought it was the correct call. And if you look at that last angle of the play, that official had the perfect angle on the play. And here's where Nemhard lost this on that play, right at the beginning of the play when Tremel gets past him. That's it. He's past his shoulder. He is now in recovery mode, okay? So either if the help comes and gets in front, you are in a, in a, in a worse position. So right there when he has the hand on the hip, that's a foul on the way up. It's definitely a foul on the way down when he doesn't let go and continues to push on it, and this and Tremel is on, the, you know, gets pushed down to the ground that is a foul in any point of the game now you can't just reward the game and say okay you can go to overtime because the beginning portions of the game was I don't know foul ridden or whether it was defensively physical or whether refs missed some calls you can't reward all of that and say okay I'm actually going to swallow the whistle when you see the clear as day uh, penalty right there and I thought it was a good whistle.
1: Bill Plasky your thoughts on the Zebras?
3: I agree with Izzy. I don't agree with you, Clint, when you said it's somewhat ticky-tack. No, it was appropriate. It was a gutsy call. It was the right call. He altered that young man's path to the basket. That's why so many players drive late in the game because they're trying to get fouled. It was a foul in the first minute. It was a foul in the last seconds. It was the right call, good call. And I don't think anybody who's complaining about it now doesn't say it was the right call. They're saying that they should have made the call. They should have made the call. Listen, it was a we can we can time.
1: quibble over whether or not the contact was what it was, but here's my thing. This actually reminds me of what happened in the NFL playoffs a couple weeks ago, where games end, and there's this entertainment product where you felt a little bit cheated by what actually went on. That's where I am on this. I would have wanted to watch overtime. That's that's just me. You know,
4: but Yates, hold on, Yates. you can't we can't just do the overtime we work in sports, we want ratings things. Like you might host the show off vibes, but officials can't call games off vibes. Sorry, buddy, it was a foul. You
1: people remind me of the kind of people that would remind the teacher that she had not yet collected the homework at the end of class, <laughs> just because you did it and I didn't. Just saying, wow, that's, that's Clinton. Just me. you know what? Wow. Games all around for all of you. Moving right along. Those same San Diego State Aztecs, they're a five seed. Miami is also a five. No ifs or ands, but some butts in that comeback yesterday. UConn, the four seed that got that dog in them, destroying everything in their path. And the Florida Atlantic Owls, who you might've heard of, who? A nine seed. No ones, twos, or threes for the first time ever in a Final Four. Monica, who do you think is the favorite of the four teams left?
4: Well, contrary to seeding so far in this tournament, I'm going with the highest seed left, and that would be the Yukon Huskies. This is a squad, y'all, that has shot 44% on threes throughout the tournament. Adam has been tremendous, and they're back in Texas, a state that has been good to the Huskies when they've won their past championships. So I just don't think anybody has an answer. This is the most complete team left in my mind. Justin Tinsley, your thoughts on the rest of the field?
1: Let me
5: tell you why I love this FAU squad. Right. An FAU squad that led the country in the most important stat there is wins. Thank you. Look, look, man, they don't crack under pressure. They've been down in every round this tournament and won every game. Mo- another thing with, uh, excuse me, another thing with them, Dusty May can go nine players deep in a Final Four game. You you can't understate that. But the most important thing going for them. The most important thing, offensive rebounding. They are, they are mad men on the, on the offensive glass. They, they, they get 40% of their missed shots. Now, Monica, you're the only one to play college ball out, out of all of us. If you limit the opportunities that your opponent can have on the offensive end, you give yourself a really good chance to win, and that's why I really, really like this FAU squad.
1: Izzy, what do you got on the Final Four right now?
2: I mean, I'm going to take my time here. I'm surprised he didn't come to me first, given that I am in the center <laughs> of the college basketball universe, South Florida. Okay, oh, wow. I'm, done I'm done fighting. I'm done fighting. This is going to be a Miami versus FAU final. I mean, look, I love Adama Sunogo, but Norchad O'Meara, that 6'7 beast of a man inside, a better rebounder than Sunogo, by the way, he will do whatever it takes to neutralize that big body. And then you're talking about Isaiah Wong. This is a Miami team. Zero threes in the second half in that regional final and somehow find a way to win. Why? Old school, Isaiah Wong, mid-range, tough shots, looking like Kobe out there for a little bit. And FAU, I mean, look, Justin said that needs to be said. Look at those bodies. They look like they belong. This team's only lost three times all year. It's going to be South Florida basking in the sunshine. Is it still winter? No, I guess technically it's the summer, but still South Florida will be in the final. Big words
1: from a Florida Gator has a lot to oh. say about other schools' basketball teams. Bill Plasty, your thoughts on who's left.
3: Wrong side of the country, is he? It's going to be Southern California, San Diego State. Is a team to beat. Wow. And everybody says, well, everybody says, well, UConn's unbeatable. Guess what? Everybody said Alabama was unbeatable, and San Diego State rocked them, held them to 32% shooting. They're the best defensive team left in this tournament. They, they've held opponents to 17% for three points. That's the third best three point defense in, in, in NCAA tournament history, entering the Final Four. The kids have played together for four or five years. They've all been part of this team, they've all grown up together. This is, San Diego State, this is a team with no stars in this tournament left. Defense is going to win. Aztecs Monica, win. Monica,
4: final thought. Well, guys, all of y'all calling for defense and physicality. Didn't we just see a game that was influenced by that little thing called the whistle? I'd slow your roll on that. Excellent point. We got the
1: homer <laughs> side of the bracket over here, by the way, with Izzy and Bill. Come on, why don't you get out of your states every once in a while? Like me. Find out about facts.
2: About anyway, <laughs> I'm just anyways. spitting facts here, man. Moving right along. <laughs>
1: Kaitlyn Clark, officially a household name. The Iowa Guard registered the first ever 40-point triple-double in tournament history, both men's and women's, while the Hawkeyes advanced their first Final Four since the 9 trade, 1993, with C. Vivian Stringer as their coach. You should know who she is. Meanwhile, Angel Reese, Kim Mulkey, and LSU are ready for Dallas after blowing out Izzy's canes. Monica, this is your account. What or whom are you most impressed with this weekend in women's college hoops?
4: Man, Yates, it's Kaitlyn Clark, and it's not even close. I mean, that was a monster performance. You mentioned it, the first 40-point triple-double in both men's or women's basketball. But even more so, she scored or assisted 70 of the 97 points that her team scored. And I get it. She's going to garner a ton of, of attention from defenses individually, but her court vision is what just takes her to the next level. I was thoroughly impressed with Iowa. Mr. Tinsley, your thoughts?
5: Look, there's no cap in my rap in what I'm about to say. What Caitlin <laughs> Clark did yesterday, that was one of the greatest performances of all time. Mm-hmm. You have to say it again, the first 40-point triple-double in March Madness history, men's or women's. Like, she is about that life. She is that deal. <laughs> the, on- the only regret that I have is that we can't get Iowa... In, in South Carolina in the championship game. But I, I will gladly, gladly take that in the Final Four. But what we saw last night was a legend adding to her legend in real time. The only thing I ask, let's praise this the same way we praised Dwayne Wade's triple-double triple, uh, triple in the Elite Eight in 2003, which I'm actually turns 20 this week because this was just, at, just as, if not more impressive than that.
1: Izzy, your thoughts on Caitlin Clark?
2: I mean, shout out to Jasmine Roberts real quick on the, uh, on the UM women's team. She was the only offense That's that true. UM had, and the rest of that game was just hideous. So I'm going to focus more on Kaitlin Clark here. And before the show um – Monica was telling us about how she thought that Louisville will be able to slow down Caitlin. Um First quarter, she either scored or assisted on all 25 of their points. So when you come into the game, you know you have to stop this person, and she is giving you everything in the first quarter. It's just you kind of throw your hands up in the air and say, what can I do? And so that's why you look at, a, you know, whether it be a South Carolina team, and you say, hey, they can focus on her all they want, but there are, you know, other three-point shooters on that team. They are their other eight other makes on the in that game in the regional final. It wasn't just Caitlin shooting three. She can find her teammates. She can, you know, create create this open space for herself, it's going to be very, very difficult. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. And she called this. She's been calling this all year long for, for a team, a franchise, or a, pr- a program that hasn't been to the Final Four since 93. She's been calling it from the beginning. That's
3: tough.
1: Bill, it was an incredible performance. What did you think of Clark?
3: Clark was incredible, but I was more focused on the other game, on Kim Mulkey. I can't take my eyes off her for several reasons. Number one, her incredible, outlandish sideline outfits are, are, some, are a sight to behold. But number two, I can't figure out this is the same coach who, when asked about Brittany Griner, would not give a message of support for her when she was in a Russian jail. This is Brittany Griner, who led her Baylor team to a national championship, wouldn't support her publicly. Yet her players at LSU now, she's, their players love her. So I can't figure it out. It's, it's, it's a real dichotomy. I mean, the players, she has nine new players. She's taken LSU to the Final Four in only her second year there. She's turned her program around. Angel Reese swears by her. Her other players swear by her. They all seem to be happy and, and love her. Yet she, in the most important moment of her coaching career, in my opinion, she came up lame. She came up empty. She wouldn't support Brittany Griner. And I guess they have a long-standing feud or something, but there's no excuse for that. So I can't get past the two different Kim Mulkies that I see. Yeah, it is understandable.
1: I mean, when you see her, she represents so much of that program in terms of the flash, in terms of the swag, what have you. But it's always in the back of your mind. Monica, your thoughts.
4: Yeah, I mean, Plasky, you're absolutely right to feel that that has sullied her reputation, and it's hard to separate how great she has been as a head coach. I do continue to lean back on her current players, ride for her tremendously, but beyond that, I did appreciate her candor in an interview prior to the fourth quarter about how bad the basketball was, at least offensively, between Miami and LSU. However, LSU is here. They got a bunch of transfers, she mixed the drink just right, and Angel Reese, not as spectacular as Caitlin Clark, but also putting up monster numbers in terms of her double doubles through SEC play, and she's been able to help lead this team all the way here, now in the tournament.
1: Tonight, Diamond Miller and the Terps they take on South Carolina for a Final Four spot. After that, it's Ohio State and Virginia Tech. Panelists, we'll start with Monica.
4: Who you got to round out your Final Four? I know Diamond Miller didn't play last time these two teams met, but I just think South Carolina is too deep and it just has too much size. I'm taking the Gamecocks and I'm going Virginia Tech on the other 18. side.
5: Yeah, I'm going uh, South Carolina and I'm going Ohio State. Is? I got Ohio State
6: and South Carolina. And Black. Ohio State and South Carolina.
1: Buy ourselves next, kiddos.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17.
1: Just as Ravens head coach John Harbaugh sat down with reporters at NFL League meetings in Phoenix today, Lamar Jackson, uh, he was on the bird. The electric quarterback tweeted this morning that he requested a trade all the way back in early March. When asked if he was aware of Jackson's request, Harbaugh said that he's quote, not gonna get into that, red flag.
2: We are gonna get into that.
1: Izzy, what are you buying or selling from Lamar?
2: Well, I'm buying that Lamar has to do this. I'm definitely buying the timing of it as well with Harbaugh sitting down at the same time. But I do think when he looks at it, you're just like, the uh, the idea is, hey, I can't give you all of this guaranteed money because what if you get hurt? Well, if he gets hurt, the team that signs him is going to be screwed anyway. And so I'm, if I'm the Carolina Panthers, I have this number one pick, and I'm thinking I can probably negotiate to have an MVP caliber quarterback right off the bat. And so with Lamar throwing this out there in public and saying, hey, this is a, a trade request, this is all out there, I think it's maybe a couple other teams might eventually be calling the race.
1: Bill, what do you think of where the Ravens and Lamar are at right now?
3: Well, no franchise, a former MVP has ever been franchised and left the team. It's never happened in NFL history. It's not going to happen now. He's not going anywhere. It's unfortunate they have to take these steps. But he asked for a trade in the early March. They, if there was a trade to be had out there, it, it had been done by now, or it's going to be done soon. I don't see it happening. I think you know because he's missed 40% of his games the last three, four years. I think it's tough to get the two first-round draft picks for him. He's going to stay. He just needs to figure it out with with the, with the team.
1: Monica, I know you want that man to be down with your commanders, but where do you think he is right now regarding the Ravens?
4: Um, I don't think this gets resolved, Blaschke. I'm selling the Ravens organization for blowing this. I think this thing has gone into a personal territory and I don't think that we can return. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if some kind of way the deal he actually ends up on is less than what he wanted from the Ravens. I think he just wants out that badly. Justin Tinsley, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm buying
5: that after a while, I think we all figured this was going to be the end and it sucks because Lamar loves Baltimore and Baltimore loves Lamar. What I'm selling is why aren't there like seven or eight teams lining up to, to call this guy? This is a legit game changer. Two first-round picks is not a lot for Lamar Jackson. So if you're the Patriots, if you're the Panthers, if you're the Cowboys, give up two first-round picks and Dak and go get them.
1: Oh, that's enough. Of Can't that. get out of an NFL segment what? without Justin Tinsley bringing up the Dallas. It was a
5: business proposal, Clinton. Get
1: out of <laughs> All right, moving to the NBA. The King is back, and the Lakers are still a game and a half back of the sixth spot in the Western Conference. They lost to Patrick Too Small, Beverly, and the Bulls at home. But the real news was how Bron was suddenly just available. He said after the yell that he saw the LeBron James of foot doctors for his medicals. Bill, what was your takeaway from LeBron's return after seeing the LeBron James of feet?
3: It looked like he saw the Troy Brown Jr. of feet. He (laughs) He was inconsistent. He was slow. He was hard to get integrated in the offense. Anthony Davis suddenly only took only eight shots. This is not, this is a work in progress. With the progress being, after being done in the next week, the Lakers are, they have no chance.
1: Izzy, your thoughts on Footnote?
2: So the MJ of feet was not available then. Um, I think oh, I'm on. selling the come idea on. of him coming back against the Bulls. The Bulls are 7-2, including this win, and in those seven wins, like Zach Levine's averaging 30, the team's averaging 120, and so it wasn't going to be the easiest game to come back. But when he does come back, or when he does look like he's in actual LeBron James form, Anthony Davis still has to be the biggest, most opposing force on this team, and he wasn't that last week.
1: Justin night. Tinsley, your thoughts?
2: The Lakers are 14-15 and 15 when LeBron and AD are on the floor
5: together. That blows my mind. They don't have time to figure this out. They need to figure this out like last week. But even with the maddening inconsistency of the Lakers, this is the worst drug in the NBA. The Lakers are still only a game and a half out of the sixth seed. I can't stop
1: talking about this and I hate it. (laughs) Monica McNutt, you think LeBron is doing the right thing?
4: I don't. This game and a half stuff, there's like five teams a game and a half out of the sixth spot. So no, I don't buy it. One of the things that you marvel at in terms of LeBron is how he's been able to avoid lower extremities Feet injuries in particular. I think he's playing with fire, and I don't think it's worth it. Moving right along, still got more basketball. The Mavericks are 3-7 and seven
1: in their last 10, and crashing precipitously out of the playoff hunt. Kyrie's getting fans ejected, and Luka still disgruntled, though yesterday's technical, his 16th of the year by the by, was rescinded, so he can play tonight. Justin Tinsley, I come to you for all Kyrie-related matters. What is wrong with Dallas?
5: I mean, you're right, Clinton. I am the LeBron James of Kyrie Irving analysis, but what I can tell you, <laughs> this is an implosion in Dallas. And Mark Cuban is sweating bullets. He traded his future for the present, and Kyrie could be a thing of the past in a matter of months.
1: Izzy, your thoughts on Texas?
2: Yeah, Luka Doncic looks really sad. He doesn't seem to be playing his game out there. The pace they don't seem to match. Their time do you watch Kyrie say push and Luka's just kind of jogging. Kyrie's more you know focused on getting fans kicked kicked out of arenas. This is not working and it's got to be it's got to be centered around Luka. He's got to be the reason this team works. Can't do it right now. This team's going to be out of the play-in, out of the playoffs altogether. Bill no Plaskey, can the Mavs get it together?
3: I don't think so. They're seven and 13 since they got Kyrie, and everybody had, somebody needs to look at Jason Kidd. It's his job to get Kyrie integrated in the offense. It's his job to coach defense, which he's not really doing. It's his job to put a sense of urgency in his team. He's not doing it. I think the bull's on him. Honor
1: Knut,
4: what do you think about Dallas? I just want to shout out our colleague, Kendrick Perkins, who literally laughed at me so much so it almost hurt my feelings when I said I would take the Grizzlies over the Mavericks because the Grizzlies can defend. Well, baby, the proof is in the last 10 game pudding. Is that really a shout-out? I mean, you basically
1: just told Carried the him. hell on. It he was very wrong, but, you know,
4: you went. Carry the hell on. You crazy. got it. Izzy, you
1: can go back home. You can see the LeBron James of whoever you like. Tinsley, <laughs> I love you, but the Dallas takes, just enough with that. Monica, <laughs> Bill, a- showdown. It's next.
4: I'm trying to get a triple-double LeBron class you. Watch out. Time.
1: Bill, Monica, showdown. Deion Sanders has been making waves ever since he stepped foot on campus in Colorado in many ways. But Coach Prime still has it in the weight room. Look at this clip of him getting up six clean reps at 245 while everybody else struggles. Bill, do you think any other head coach in America can put up those plates?
3: I don't care, Clinton. That's not coaching. That's showing off. That's showmanship. Dion's had a lot of that, and he's doing a lot of that for, his, his, for the TV documentary and all that stuff. Let's see what happens in September. I want to see him coach Colorado, lead them to the Pac-12 championship. I want to see that.
4: Monica. You are not wrong, Plashki, but to answer your question, Yates, I don't think of anyone. Former head coach Sean Kugler was the first person that came to mind, but no. Bill, you've got to be
6: kidding
1: me.
4: Dion has said seven I was not toes, wrong toes and he can put up 245. This is
1: unbelievable. Point. Monica drafted. said I was not wrong. Monica, not even close. <laughs> Second. How do I get the point if I was not wrong? It's spring training, so guys are in the best shape of their lives and working out some things, as you know. And that goes for the ball folks too. In America's favorite game of mine, snag, grab, or stab, let's rate these two. First, a dog at a Dodger game, comes up with a home run ball, getting cheers the likes of which Zach Hampel could only dream of. And second, a Phillies ball girl makes a pretty good play on a ball, which alas, was fair. Monica, which was the better play?
4: I'm going to go with the dog, uh, Yates. I mean, everybody's like running toward this basketball. Then you see people just stop when they realize the, the pooch got it. And who doesn't love our furry friends getting involved? I don't know what the baseball air butt is.
3: Pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you notice the dog's handler taking all the credit, holding the ball like he caught the ball? <laughs> Give the dog more credit. Teamwork. I was very disappointed in that. I, I, I thought the ball girl at spring training, she's learning. It was a good catch. It happens. That's why we have spring training. That's what caught my eye. This is a
1: tough one, I have to say. But the bottom line is, I just can't get over the Bill Dion hatering. Monica, take the point. You get the win.
3: It's just
4: starting. it's been a while since I've been here, but it's good to be back. All right, listen, over the weekend the Women's Sweet 16 started, and there were four black head coaches, Neil IV of Notre Dame, Kenny Brooks of Virginia Tech, Don Staley of South Carolina, and Yolette McEwen of Ole Miss. Now, as we move into the Elite Eight tonight and on to the final four, there are two remaining: Don Staley and Kenny Brooks. But this all goes back to Don Staley giving pieces of her net to black female head coaches in particular. But she's someone who is championing the game, and I'm loving seeing this diversity and representation in leadership. All right.
3: Bill, you got any final thoughts? Dion's putting up 245. I'm eating dinner at
4: 245.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it, folks. Thanks for coming around. We're at a 23-and-a-half-an-hour break. We'll see you tomorrow.